Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. Welcome back or welcome to Gardening Naturally. Um, Going to be a rainy day. I, I don't know if that's a ton of rain or just some rain or... They're saying that sometime around 3 o'clock this afternoon, we could see rain showing up. I hope it's a lot of rain. If we get it late today, meaning, you know, 3 o'clock or later, they're talking about really getting some good rain tomorrow morning. Okay. I don't care when, just give us some rain. We so desperately need it. Um, it, it. There's no simple solution to this. They are showing, don't know how much to believe this, that the next couple of weeks will be wetter than normal. Well, since it's hardly rained, what do they consider normal? December is one of our wetter months. October, too. Nope. Neither neither one of them has showed us a lot of rain. We really need it. We really, really need it. Uh, the only saving grace at the moment is the cooler temperatures mean that we don't need as much water to keep everything green. Let's go to the phone. This is Brad. Brad, thanks for hanging on. What can I help you with? Good morning. This is this is Brad talking like my wife. She actually has the question. Sorry. Good, good morning. Uh, for good morning. Us, if you've already covered this, I know you were talking about tomatoes earlier. I have several very healthy, happy tomato plants with lots of little green tomatoes on them, but they're not turning red. What can I do to encourage that? Leave them on the vine as long as you can first. Let them get bigger and grow up some. Uh, number two, the color does not determine the ripeness. I know that sounds weird, but if you want them to turn red, the minute you see any kind of blush, anything that isn't grass green on the tomato, you can pick that tomato, bring it inside, put it in a paper bag, and you will see it turn red. That's what I've been doing to mine. I've been picking them, and they're very, very green. And uh, I put them on the counter, and within a couple of days, I've got red tomatoes. They taste great. They've got great texture to them. They didn't turn bad. But at this point in time, between the cooler temperatures and this late in the year, you're, you're asking a lot for them to turn red on the vine. Doesn't mean they won't. It truly doesn't mean, yeah, you could leave them there for a while. They may, they may wind up turning red, but picking them, bringing them in, putting them in a paper bag and checking them every day or two, you'll see them turn red. Okay, I appreciate that. I've I've gotten to where when it's going to be in the 40s, I turn on the Christmas lights 
you know, to try to keep it warmer, thinking uh-huh. maybe that it will help ripen them. No, that's the no old guarantee. Christmas lights are still put out heat. Yeah, that helps. That keeps them warm because they're they're technically a perennial. They do not like getting that cold. Forty is probably an absolute limit where they're like, "Nah, we don't want to go any colder than that." But the act of turning red can take some time. In the spring, it can be really fast. In the fall, it can ta- seem to take forever. But if, okay. you get, if you get to the point where it's like, man, we're going to get so cold, I'm going to lose these, pick them. Bring them in. Okay. You will see them turn red. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate your advice. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Thank you for the call. Yeah, folks, I'm still picking tomatoes. They're still green, but um, on my countertop, I have this small plate. We bring the tomatoes in, we set them on the plate, and over time, they turn this lovely red color. And like I said, they still got good texture. They slice up nice, they're juicy. Uh, They're doing just fine. They may not. They may not get an opportunity to turn red on the vine itself. You may have a problem with that. So bring them in so you don't lose them. Bring them in and let them get red somewhere in your home. Now, it's possible you're going to run into... Some of these tomatoes you pick that are going to be kind of nasty. I say that politely. Um, they they may not turn green. They may turn bad. They may rot. Throw them away. Throw them in your compost pile. That's fine. But you will probably see many of them, many of them turn nice and red for you. I've been eating tomatoes. I've got tomatoes on my countertop right now. Bright red, look great. We've been putting them in dishes for weeks now. So it's it's patience. It's frustrating. I know, I know. But a little patience and a couple of these tricks. And you're going to get to enjoy those tomatoes. Now, I mentioned we're coming up on a good time to get ready to start seeds. If you're looking to do seed starts yourself, rather than having to rely uh, ready, rather than having to rely on a nursery having a particular type of pepper that you want. There are plenty of seed companies out there where you can get the seeds that you're looking for. Now, of those seeds, you might consider getting with a neighbor. 
Yeah, get with a neighbor and say, I'm starting this kind of seed. I'll share one with you since you're going to start this kind of seed. You don't have to, like, I want one tomato and one pepper and one this. Start a few. Gift them when they come up. There are plenty of people who garden, and you may not be the only one setting seeds. Somebody may be doing this type of tomatoes. Somebody's got a bunch of uh, this kind of pepper. Share. Get to know your neighbor. Find out what they're going to plant and then adjust yours appropriately and share. So you can find out what's going on just by knocking on the door and seeing what they're doing for their garden. And another thing about this, I've been mentioning it's time to start your vegetable garden in the 1st of January. Don't forget your flowers. There are a lot of flowers you can start in the first week or two of January. Start them in a tray and let them grow. You can have pansies, petunias, alyssum, uh, all kinds of these gorgeous blooming plants that are easy to grow and you can fill your yard with them they'll be just fine folks this is gardening naturally i had to take a break i'll be right back this is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back. What should we be doing now? I mean, I know what we should be doing. Most of us are going to spend the next, I don't know, anywhere from a couple of days to the next week or so, feasting. Everybody's going to be home stuffing their face with food, whether it's uh, ham, turkey, whatever. Maybe it's fudge or cookies or things like that. Not that I would know, of course. Um, go ahead. Enjoy. Enjoy the holiday. The garden can wait. It, it really can. There's nothing going on that, oh, my gosh, I got to run out there and do this right this minute. The one exception would be you should be checking water situation. Now, that may be taken care of for you. The weather report shows most of our area is going to get some kind of rain. It may not be much rain, but it will be rain, and that will help especially your potted plants. We're not going to have a freeze in that period of time. Those of you in the outlying areas, check your local weather. But it's less of something we should be doing in the garden, more we celebrating. Yeah, it's Time for friends and family. So enjoy your friends and family. The garden may be your friend. 
I know a lot of people who treat it like one because of what beauty it gives them, but it'll be okay. It will be okay. Your plants will do just fine, and you will get to enjoy the garden later this year. Take an opportunity to plan out better. What do I mean by that? Let's say you have several garden beds. Plant similar plants in the similar bed. By this I mean I would not plant rosemary and mint next to each other. Rosemary needs very little water. Mint, on the other hand, thrives in wet soil. They're not going to be friends. Think about this when you are starting to lay out your gardens. As you sit inside when it's cold and draw on paper and go, I'm going to plant this here and this here and et cetera, et cetera. You want to try to keep sim similar environmental needs, similar amounts of water or dryness, similar amounts of sun. Maybe you got a garden bed that only gets a little sun in the morning. Well, you sure wouldn't want to plant a tomato in it. The tomato needs as much sun as you can get it for the most part. Same with peppers, eggplants, uh, okra. But if you've got a bed like that, plan it out. Environmental conditions tell you what will grow where. If you can provide it water, well, that kind of eases the load on you a little bit, doesn't it? Because you can don't have to worry so much where you plant because you'll provide water. Or you have a drip or soaker or something like that. But sun, now, you can't compensate sun. John used to say all the time, nobody farmed in the shade. There's a reason for that. The plants that we want producing flowers or food need sunshine to do so. So when you lay out your garden beds, really think about it. Does it face east or west? Um, does it get blocked by a tree so it doesn't get any sun? Is it a bed that's kind of raised up so it drains a lot? I may have to provide water to it. I may have to take extra steps to take care of it. This is a perfect time of the year to figure these things out. If you had room, you can start rotating your crops. When you plant a plant in the same location every season, here's what happens. The very first year, there may be no issues. The next year, there may be a tiny bit of disease that has found your plant. Not a lot, but some. The thing is, for these diseases, their food is your plant. 
The more I put that plant in the same place, the more food I am providing for the disease. If I can rotate, let's say I have plant A in location one, next year I have plant A in location two, and they're far away from each other. What happens is any disease that started in location one, it's gonna wind up starving because guess what? That plant won't be there next year and the disease won't be able to get a good hold and should die out. That's how you keep your garden nice and clean. That's how you get the best results by rotating these crops. It's easy to do. And even in a small bed, even in a small bed, planting in opposite corners can help a lot. I know the roots run everywhere and they'll run into each other and that defeats the purpose. No, it, it, it doesn't defeat the purpose. It still helps to keep them as far from the same location as you can each planting season. Now, let's say you don't have a choice. Sorry. It's got to go here. It's going to go here all the time, every season. You really want to make sure that you are updating the compost, the organic matter, in your bed every change out of plants. If I pull a plant out of the garden, I need to grab a big handful or two of compost and work it back into the place where that plant was. That's what the plants are doing. They get that organic matter. They get the soil biology to start breaking it down and converting it to useful nutrients, and the plants suck up the nutrients. When you pull the plant out, you took all those nutrients out. You went and threw them in your compost pile or in your trash. That bed has now got an empty fuel tank, basically. You used all the gas. You need to refill it. So that's where a good quality compost comes in. And speaking of compost, you get asked a lot, what's the best, quote, compost? Whatever one you can get your hands on. And let me give you an example. Some composts, composts are lots of organic matter and maybe some manure, whether it's chicken or horse or cow, whatever. And it's composted really well. Well, if I buy a bag of XYZ compost, the next time I get some compost, it would be to my benefit to get a bag of ZYX compost. Because the chemistries in each bag are going to be slightly different. Not hugely, but slightly different. By rotating through my composts, every time I need a bag of compost, I get a different one. And working it into my soil, 
I help build up. I help build up really, really good soil. I get a broader spectrum of the biologies I need to break down nutrients, to build up the soil, preserve water, to um, search out and and take up uh, things like minerals. It's not important which kind of compost you use. What is important, what is important is using compost gratuitously. Don't worry that you've got too much of it. Work it into the soil. Don't till it. Just use a shovel or a garden fork to work it into the soil. Every time a plant comes out, compost goes in. That will give you an amazing bed with great texture and tilth to it. You'll be able to get your fingers in there and wiggle them and break it down. It'll give you a fantastic head start on growing anything from a flower to a tomato to a pepper to who knows what. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I'm coming up at the bottom of the hour. We're going to break for the news. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's go to the phone. This is Matt. Matt, what can I help you with? Yes, sir. Uh, topic is wintering over annuals. And I've just got a little project. They're so cheap at some of these big grocery stores because they're going to all die sitting out in front of the grocery store. But you mentioned different like pansies and various kinds of beautifully blooming plants now. But uh, I have an indoor light light system I can keep about, oh, it's two foot by four foot uh, with with good lighting. And I can keep them indoors if it's extremely cold and all. But um, you mentioned about planting annuals, planting pansies and stuff in in boxes and window boxes. But uh, outdoors, it's it's that's a little risky right now, isn't it? Yeah, I meant to say you could start them by seed indoors. Okay. And that way, when they get big enough, you could transfer them outside. If you take into account the weather and the temperatures, if it's an appropriate temperature, you could plant them then. I was just saying you can start these plants by seed if you wanted to now to have them early in the spring. Yeah. They'll take, according to the labels and all, they say they'll take down into the 40s or high 30s even, I think. Uh, But is, is that rather valid or? Like a, a blooming pansy, will it take down into the 30s, you think? Yeah, usually. They may not go to a freeze. Okay, that could okay. be not good. But right, the, right. the 30s, it can manage. Yeah. I was just going to say, that's a good tip for somebody to brighten up your your, your room or your kitchen if you've got a real sunny window or even if you've got a grow light, because these annuals, 
you can buy some little two or three inch pots blooming cheaper than when you get a half a dozen of those cheaper than a couple of packages of seeds and they're yeah. growing they're blooming and if i can winter them over at least they'll be good all through the the winter and the spring and uh really brighten up a room with the flowers that are already blooming um Matt, I used to have a friend who would raid the grocery stores and places like that that were selling plants because they always have a table where these are miserable, you know. Right. Throw these away, and sometimes they'll even give them away. And they spent their time saving all of these plants. They were usually pretty good at it, too. And they got to enjoy the blooms, the flowers, everything about them. They just had to kind of give them a little, you know, consideration to get them going. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm, I would presume I got plenty of rainwater is probably better than the faucet water. What do you think? In almost every case, it is. Yes. Um, okay. If you can collect it, that's much better than running the tap. Yeah, I've got barrels full of it and just siphon it off in in water. But I was interested in that because some of these plants, uh, they're they're like in uh, like two or three inch little pots and they're beautifully blooming and all and healthy and fresh. It's just that they're overwhelmed with so many of them, they're trying to move them out. And, you know, like for for a dollar and a half or two dollars, you could fill a window box uh, for, for 10 bucks and you have you enjoy it all winter. So, um, anyway, that's just a thought. If somebody wants to brighten up a windowsill and, and it got some supplemental light, it, it's an interesting project. I'm going to try it. Well, good luck. And, um, there are so many colors right now too. There are Absolutely. so many plants this yeah. time of year that with beautiful color to them. And if you do them in like a, a, a semi closed area like in a window box right outside you can even run out there and cover them up if it's going to get too cold in an effort to keep them going so it's easy to do these kind of plants and they have quite a lot of return for them yeah yeah well i'm i'm going to do that i unfortunately the the window sills i have they might get uh oh three or four hours of sun but I don't know that that would be make make them very happy, but yeah. with grow lights that you know if I've got a, a two foot four foot long couple of grow lights, um, I can they'll think they're outdoors. Yep, yep. Okay, and they'll do okay. just fine. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Bye. Thanks for the call, Matt. Yeah, folks, he's got a good point. In almost all the nurseries. Even if it's a big box store nursery, they got a place where it's like, these aren't the best looking plants. For whatever reason, they didn't get watered properly or whatever the problem was. And they will have discounts, I guess is the word for it. That's a good place to go. Because if the plant is still growing, the plant will grow. Does that make sense? If I find a little potted plant and it's still producing at least a couple of green leaves, 
that means it's alive. And with just a little bit of TLC, I can get it to grow back. I can get it to bloom. I can do, get it to do everything I wanted for at a discount. It's a good opportunity for you. And one of the things about some of these plants that you don't take into account, many of them produce their own seeds. So what you can do, they'll produce their own seeds, which you can save and use the next season to keep starting new seeds for you. So you have new plants every year. It's one of the neat things about gardening. Um, there's no waste, you know? Uh, certain plants, all you gotta do is break off a leaf and stick it in the water and it'll start rooting. Some plants you cut off, you know, a six inch twig and it'll start rooting and you can have a new tree. Lots of opportunity in the garden to, uh, to be creative, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Uh, easy to do. The, the big issue is you got to give them the environment they want. There are plenty of plants that appreciate the cold. I mean, kale loves it, even flowering kale. If it is close to freezing, the edible kale will be sweeter. The flowering kale will be deeper, darker colors. So there's a lot of things you can do in the winter that you take advantage of the cold weather. It gives you a better return for your plant. There is a, there was a flower bed near where I live uh, between two big buildings. It was kind of like the divider on the road. And it was full of mustard, red leaf mustard. And usually it was like, oh, that's attractive. You know, that's a good ground fill there. But after a frost or a freeze, that color was so deep, so dark, so rich of color there. You almost want to just drive around it just so you could see it. That was because the mustard reacted to the cold weather. And it can be sort of a flowering plant. The leaves turn colors. Now, I do have some weirdness going on in some of my garden. I have a red bud that's putting on new leaves. Not the flowers, but new leaves. And it is long past time for it to quit doing that. My wafer ash and my bur oak, they're both naked. They've already dropped all of their leaves. They're looking good. I'm seeing new structure every year on them. They get bigger, but their leaves are gone. My red bud is somebody hasn't told us it's winter time. 
and it needs to stop. But I'll let it. It's doing just fine, and it looks great. And I have a loquat you cannot walk anywhere near because it smells so good. It is covered with blossoms and bees and wasps and bugs and all kinds of bugs looking for nectar. I'm just hoping that we don't have any serious cold, any really serious cold this year, so they have the chance to be able to harvest some of the loquats. They are so tasty. There's some great recipes for them. Um, but so far this year, it's doing something that it hasn't, and it is covered with blooms. Cannot complain about that at all. Just hope they don't get frozen off. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's go to the phone. This is Annette. Annette, what can I help you with? Merry Christmas. Merry um, Christmas. I have a, a huge um, um, thornless cactus, beautiful um, plant. Tree, I mean, it's huge, and it's developed like little spots on it. It's like it's changed from a smooth green color to a different, like, texture or, or color on it. And I was wondering if it's been taken over by some type of, you know, mite or something, if I should spray it with anything, or if it's just a natural process of it. First off, I need you to go out there and look all around the plant. You're looking for a little bug that it's not a spider, but it kind of looks like one. It's got a fat red backside on it. And uh, they're, they're cactus bugs, and they take a little bite out of the plant, and that spot where they bit uh, dries out, turns weird color, things like that. They are not fatal but you'd really rather not have them. So first off, especially go down and look in between the paddles. They like to hide down there. If you can't okay. find anything like that, and that's possible, there are some fungal diseases that can attack, excuse me, attack the, the, the cactus. And one of the easiest things you can do is to uh, take a little neem oil, N-E-E-M, okay. uh, uh -huh. mix it up according to instructions, and give it a good spray. You really want to wet the plant. You don't want any place to skip. And I would do that again in maybe a week. Do it now and then in another week? Yeah, I would do it now if you can get it done before it rains. Otherwise, wait till the rain stops, spray it, spray it again in a week. If it's the disease, this will help control it. You may still have some weird looks, but new growth won't have it on there, and it shouldn't spread anymore. Okay, if yeah, it's covered almost all of it, and it's like, you know, stick 
like six feet wide, five feet tall. It's really beautiful, but um, thank you. I'll try that. Um, and the other question is, I have a, a small pecan tree, desert willow, and I wanted to buy a, um, a loquat. Is it still okay to plant those? Um, here's the deal. Those plants are going to be outside through freezes as they get older. If you have some right now, and they're in containers, I might leave them in the container until spring. Because you may take a very young tree, and the weather conditions look perfect and all this, and you go to plant it, and then out of the blue we get freeze, hard freeze. And on a really young tree, that can be pretty impactful. If you keep them in the containers, you can keep them up close to the house, out of the wind. Uh, you know, you can keep them where you can take care of them better, keep them out of the cold. So if you haven't planted them yet, you could plant them, but that's the gamble you got to deal with. That you get them in the ground, no sooner they're in there, that we're going to have a real a real freeze that's going to be hard, and that'll be tough on the plants. So okay. maybe if you can, you'll wait till spring to put them in the ground. Okay. The pecan had just a couple of leaves on it when I got it, and now those are gone, but that's probably natural, right? Yes, ma'am. That's probably gone dormant on you. Okay. If it were in the ground, it would do the same thing. So that's not a bad thing. Don't forget these trees in these containers are still going to need water. Slow right. soak. Let them go almost dry before you water them again. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for the call, Annette. Um, Have a great Merry Christmas. You too. You know, folks, this is a tough question. If you if you put, you know, the joke. If you put a, if you put two gardeners in a room and ask them for a suggestion, you'll get three answers. Um, at this time of the year, transplanting probably not a bad idea. If you wait for the plant to go fully dormant. And it may not go fully dormant till we get a good, true freeze. If you let the plant go fully dormant, you can trim it back a bunch. You can cut it in half easily, and it should recover. But if you transplant something right now, if take a, a, a tree out of a container from the nursery and you want to put it in the ground, you can probably get away with that, right? However, here you have a young tree that when it was mature, when it becomes mature, it'll stay outside all the time, won't bother it. But when it's still in the nursery container, 
It probably has some cut roots on it. That's how they got it in the container. Trust me, folks, they don't grow them all by seed out of that container. That makes it a little susceptible to bad weather. A, a decent freeze, or God forbid the freeze from three years ago, would take a young tree that you just planted and really put a hurt on it. It is still easier to leave them in the container where you can make sure they're getting the water they need, where you can move them around to keep them out of the wind, which will dry them out, which will make them colder. I don't know that I would plant a new tree right now. Nothing prevents you from doing so. Nothing. If you got one and you're just, nope, I'm putting that in the ground, go ahead. Go ahead. You should be okay. But a super young plant, a hard freeze is going to hurt it. Now, well, what about transplanting? Aren't you doing the same thing? No, not exactly. Because if you have an existing plant and you're moving it, it's well established. It's developed its strength. It is a healthy plant. You grab as much root as you can get your hands on. You dig up all the root that you can get to move the plant. You don't want to cut off a whole bunch of those roots, transplant it, and then get a freeze, that'll shock it pretty bad. But if you've got a tree right now and you're thinking about planting it, think real hard about it. If you can keep it in the containers, it's much easier to protect, much easier to keep happy and healthy. Folks, um, I want to let you know that I will not be here tomorrow. They're going to do a recorded show. I am spending Christmas Eve with my family. Um, I have worked my share of Christmas Eve's, and I think I'm going to take this one off. Hopefully going to spend it with my family, kick back and relax, Try to stay decently warm and uh, watch it rain. Cup of tea, something tasty to eat, probably sweet to eat. But um, I will not be here tomorrow. I will see all of you or talk to all of you next Saturday at 8 a.m. Uh, at 9 a.m., sorry. And... Uh, I hope that everyone <clears throat> has a fantastic, safe, healthy holiday season.